Okay. Thank you, Jackie and uh, Ohad, and very much, I guess, Avi is probably the, the guest of honor in this one uh, for making this happen. It definitely wouldn't happen otherwise. Uh, so, we, I know you heard from Donnie already about Chauvin, so I don't know what, what he told you at all. Or whatever, <laughs> or if he told you anything, or he just you guys lied to me. Because I was um, sleeping. But just quickly, uh, Shovim is you know the acronym of Shemosa Arab Obashalach Yisrael Right. So the weeks before in the in the area range between Hanukkah and Purim, leading up, you know, finishing off and culminating with Purim. So the Chum tells us it's a parallel to what we have by Rosh Hashanah, Aser Tshuva, and Yom Kippur. Right, that process of din and shuva is repeated here by Shovim and culminating with Purim. A lot of stuff I spoke about with my Wednesday group, and you guys will definitely hear some familiar stuff. Um, so, so what's the difference in the period between Aserismet Shuva and Shovim? So this is, this beginning is really just a very very quick and short summary of uh, my Rishaftel Shovim sure that he gave uh, after. I give a short summary, and then I give the rest of the year. I recommend that you probably hear the full version yourself, so that you actually, especially get it. He needs all the help we can get. Um, so, and then you get, you know, try to take advantage of the short amount of Shovim left, short amount of period before Purim, and then donate to the GoFundMe page for the Maserati that's going up. So, <laughs> that was a sea voice from the Rebbe. Fine. So. So the difference between the two periods is that we have two psukim. We have Dishu Hashem Bimato, Kerub Karov, is a Pasuk that we bring, because I'll mention is the Pasuk for Sarah Semei Tshuva, right? And we mentioned, that's when, that's what our Torah, near there, that's what the Pasuk is referring to. That's the period between Roshana and Yom Kippur. And then we have another Pasuk that we say every day in Ashrei. Karov Hashem L'chol Karov, L'chol Asheri So we have two psukim. One talks about that there is, Hashem is close to us, and therefore call out to Him. And then we have the Pasuk every day in Ashray that says the, op- the opposite, that Hashem, that is close to the ones who call out to him. So that is really the difference between the two, uh, you know, between two parts, between Shovim and Aser Shemei Difference is that one is that there's already a state of Din there, that's Dir Shu Hashem, when he's close to us already. And by Karav Hashem L'chol Karav is that when we created this state of Din, that's by the end of Hanukkah, right, through Shovim, through Purim, is Hanukkah, the Shekhinah wasn't there. Rather, we forced the Shekhinah to come, right? We demanded the Shekhinah to come in the story of Hanukkah. And that's, that is what this period is all about, this demand for the Shekhinah, while by Aser Shemei the Shekhinah is naturally there. So, very quickly, to explain what this period of Shovim is, it's from the Pasuk Shuvu Banim Shovim, it's Pasuk, and Shuvu Banim, return uh, children who are playful. And this Pasuk is uh, very famous in the story of Acher, where Acher is, goes to the Pardes, uh, you know, sees the Malach, eventually leaves or, you know, has his life shattered by what he sees in the Pardes, and decides to change his life. A Paschal comes out that says, Shuvu Banim Shovim Chutz Acher. Right, every right, Shuvubanim return children, Shavim return playful children, except for Acher. So Acher's like, oh, after he hears that, well, everyone can do Shuvah except for me. Right, so he's he's completely done with it. What is 
what is that Pasuk saying? Why do we have that response of that Pasuk? And how is that Pasuk even possible to mean that? Because Rishalmi says, and the Rambam Paskins it as a fact, that at the end of the fourth parak, where he talks about all the things that are, that are Ma'akev Tshuva, in the end he finally comes out by saying that uh, it is in the source sheets. We'll, we'll, we'll look at them. So, Hilchus Tshuva Dalet Vav. Kol elu advarim b'chayotzebehen, af al-pishu ma'akvin, it's a tshuva ein mo'inenetho. Right, so all of these things, that even though they are ma'akiv as a tshuva, right, even though they put a stopper, they make it more difficult, but in the end of the day, there's still no stopping tshuva completely. Tshuva always is a possibility. So how is this pasuk possible, right? What is it saying, right? Tshuva banim shavim chutz me'acher. How can it be chutz me'acher? That's not a possibility. So rather, very quickly, and very summed up, is that in this pasuk itself is the answer to what Acher was missing. When Acher saw the Malach writing in Zechuyos for Klal Yisrael, and that led to him having to deal with everything he thought about Din before, because if there's absolute Din, which is black and white, that there's Zechuyos, right, and there's, I guess, Zechuyos and the opposite of Zechuyos, bad things and good things, then what is a Malach, how does he have the ability to add in Zechuyos? Right, that is outside of Din, there's either good or bad, right and wrong. What is this, what is this malach adding in things? How is that, how is that possible? So clearly, if there's not absolute din, then there has to be, by definition, two rishuyos. There has to be a different power. Because the absolute din is part and parcel with one power. If there was another power, then he could add in stuff too. Right, so Acher, having based his entire life off of, obviously, Hashem and only being one God, his entire life is very quickly shattered. What the Pesach is telling us is that Shuvah Banim Shovim Chutz Me'acher is that that's the answer because return Banim who are playful. What Acher was lacking in his understanding is that, yes, there's black and white, but there's also a thing called mischievous and playful. Is that when a child is acting out, right, and a, chi- and a parent doesn't, you know, slap him, doesn't reprimand him, it's not that the parent is saying, oh, you know, he's... There's a lot of, you know, it's not like there's a crazy stuff going on in his mind. He's really a horrible kid. He's a good kid. No, there's, there's this thing called mischievous, that a child can be rowdy and not be bad. There, there is a very, and we all know this to be true all the time. What he was missing is that Shuvah Banim Shoivim, Chutzmei Acher, is that the Pasuk was telling you, Acher, you can't have Shuvah because you lack this understanding of Shuvah Banim Shoivim. If you understood this third option of mischievous and playful, you would understand that then adding in Zuchuyos, is a very real option. Because it's not just black and white. There's this third real option. And that Pusik is telling him exactly what he needed to hear. It wasn't telling him, you can't have tshuva, because as we saw, the Ramam says that's not possible. So end of the day, after he does tshuva, when he finally understands what this Pusik is telling him, then we have this Ramam here that ends off, because we had his name changed from Elisha ben Avuya to Acher, saying what? Saying that I was Elisha ben Avuya and now I'm Acher. Now I'm outside of you guys. Now I'm another one, right? I'm outside of the Jews. Now what is? Now what, now what happens? What is the Acher? Because we keep his name Acher forever. So I'm just gonna get to the bold. But right, so a person has to, you know, cry out, has to clearly regret and want to be changing what he did. But Umashan um, and he has to change his name, Kilomar, as to say, Ani Acher, Right? That I am Acher, 
it's not that I'm, I'm outside of you, right? I'm another person. I'm not that same person who I was. So the name Acher can, is the same name, but has two very different meanings. And at the end of the day, it sticks as a badge of honor. That he's not outside of us. Rather, he is not that person who he was. And that's the greatest badge of honor you can have. A person who actually went through real tshuva. Either way, this was a very short and quick summary. Again, I repeat that. You should probably hear this year. I was just saying this because I mentioned that I would say this. Apparently, I, it's funny, but it's, a, it's not really a shear and it's not a conversation. It's just after hearing this year, what I was thinking about through Shovim up until now, up until what I was, you know, trying to figure out to Parm and Avi asked me to talk. So, oh, yeah, whatever. So I, I'm saying it, but this is really just stuff that, you know, was going through my head after hearing this year. Fine. So we're starting, uh, Shemos 1522. This is where we're going to start. So we're right out of Mitzurism, right, right after Mitzurism Mitzurim. We have Yamsuf, right, Kuros Yamsuf, and we have Az Yashir. Now we're here. Right, this is right after. So we're going to skip to the bold. And Moshe traveled with Yisrael from the Yamsuf. And they went to Midbar Shur. And they went three days in the Midbar. Uh, let's see what, what the Gemara says here. So Gemara in Baba Kama says, Ditanya So since they went three days without Torah, and that's what Nilu, right? That's what made them wary. Right, that now we read Torah on Shabbos. We must seek in Be'ach Shabbos, and we pause. We don't read anything on the first. Current Bashini, then we read on Monday. Masik and Shlishi, Tuesday we're free. We review current and on Shlishi, review we're free on Wednesday and uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Current Bachamishi, we read on Thursday. Masik and Erev Shabbos, and then we pause again Erev Shabbos. Kedesh Shalom Yulinu Shlishi below Torah. Right, in order that we don't go three days without Torah. So this is our first meeting. This is going to culminate right now. We're going to read right after. This is going to culminate in our first meeting with Amalek. Uh, obviously, Purim is our meeting with Amalek too. Right, the outgrowth of Hester, as we see, is Amalek, and this is what both stories culminated. We're going to have a parallel between Amalek and Purim, and we have to understand that this is the this is our prototype story for what happens later on by Amalek, because very clearly we had the option if Hashem wanted to reprimand us for something that had nothing to do with an Amalek-type response that was necessary. He had many ways to do it, as he always does, but he had the Persians right there. He had Akashverosh. He could have, you know, he could have been the one to, you know, deal with us. What is this Haman slash Amalek character coming and, you know, coming out of the blue and dealing with us? In other words, I would say that it has to be that one story where we see here that we have a lack of Torah, Right, and that requires an Amalek response should be our prototype for what happens later on that we something happened, we have a Amalek response, we should assume that the first part would be Torah. And we'll see. We'll see straight up. So what are these right, so now after we appointed three now we have during the week we have Monday and Thursday that we read the Torah, so we don't go three days without the Torah. So Gemara and Megillah talks about So Hanishlosha Hamishi Vishvi connected me. So right the Aliyahs of three, five and seven right? The Aliyahs what what are they connected? Right, so right, obviously weekday Yom Tov Shabbos. Uh, so skip to the bold. V'chad Amar Kenegit Shloshah Shomer Esaf. 
And one mandamer holds that it's Kineged, the three Shomri Asaf. And Rashi says on this, right, Rashi says right here, right, these three, five, seven are, uh, you know, let's go on to the next source. This is the Pasuk where we get it from. Right, uh, he took one Aaron, and he made a hole in the lid, and he placed it near the Mizbeach on the right, when they were coming, Ish Beis Hashem, the the men of the house of Hashem, Benasnu Shama Kohanim, Shomer Asaf, and the Kohanim, the Shomer Asaf, placed it there. What did they put in there? Ace Kol Akasaf Hamuva Beis Hashem. Right, that's what they put in. They put in all the Kasaf, and the Rabag says very simply, and many other people say very similar to him, Shomer Asaf. So what are the Shomer Asaf in this pasuk? So him, Shomer Klei Beis Hamikdash. They were the watchers of the Klei of the Beis Hamikdash. So, right, uh, the three, five, and seven. Is Shivam Haim, right? It's the Sarim Parasumadai, um, and it's the Shlosha Shomre Asaf. These are all people who were in front of the Melech and dealt with the Melech in different capacities. This is all Rosh is saying. It's Ain, you know, it's Me'ain Dover Machus. What does that mean? I mean, it's dealing, these are all people in front of the kings. These are all dealing with, uh, you know, things to do with the kingdom. They're like, literally, right? They're, they're working in the kingdom. Positions? Yeah. Uh, so the, you guys don't have this source, um, but it's very short. Uh, it's a nusso uh, towards the beginning. We talk about we have a we have a list of carbonos that are coming, and we mention and very randomly that we don't really do anywhere else that we give start giving this carbon is connected this this carbon is connected this, and we we bring a ton of carbonos all the time, right? We have the entire sefer vayikra to talk about it. We don't mention that at all, right? Randomly enough, so we have a portion where this carbon is connected this. I want to put out there that anything really, if you're lazy, anything can be connected anything. Right. I'll say this is connected that. I would like to put a standard of what connected should be. Is that if I say this and you say this is connected this, that I should be able to replace one. I should be able to tell you one, and you should immediately come to conclusion that it's the other. Otherwise, everything is just completely subjective. I say, or for the exact for the exact example that we give is in this one, it's Ayel Echad, and Rashi brings connected Yitzchak. Right now, that's a pretty solid example. In other words, there was Yitzchak going on. Right, the altar to be sacrificed. And then what happens? We find the aisle and we switch it. Right? Clearly there was an ability for that, whatever that was, but their aisle and Yitzchak could be replaced. You know, they were, they were, you know, connected one and one. So uh, that's the type of standard that I would like to set for connected. I think otherwise it becomes very subjective. So you should be able to hear. You hear aisle, you should be able to think Yitzchak. You hear Yitzchak, you should be able to think aisle. And the Torah makes that very clear. So we have to say, Kineged Shlosha Shomri Asaf to Aliyahs in the Torah, you should be you should be able to hear Shomri Asaf in the Torah as one and the same. I think that's a fair assumption to make. So let's can you say Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, we should hear the Shomri Asaf? Oh, well, specifically, you know, three for Monday, Thursday, five for Yom Tov, seven. Um, but really, we're going to be talking about three is really the main one. And in general, you hear one of these, you should definitely be hearing you know, focus on Torah. You know, maybe not this specific aspect of the five and the seven, but, right, this is all in Aliyah's and Torah, right? In other words, you should be hearing reading Torah, like, different, you know, aspects maybe, but you should be hearing reading Torah and this more specific aspect of the number that we're talking about. So, we used to call it Das B'nei Yisrael, maybe Barsin, Lema'asein, Al-Pi Hashem, Vayachanu B'Refidim V'ein Ma'im Lishtosam. Right, continuation of what we had, well, for me, it's on the last page, but continuation of what we had before, that they traveled more after we had the last source that they traveled. They lacked Mayim. We got 
right? We got instituted Torah. So again, this is later on. They're traveling again, and we have no water to drink. So the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, My Lush and Rafidim. So what is the Lush and Rafidim? Right? This place that they're at. Rabbi Lezer Omer Rafidim Shmei, that it's named Rabbi Shua Omer Sharipoi Atman Divrei Torah. That they became weakened in, right? They weakened themselves. They became weakened in Divrei Torah. So again, we see another source for a weakening in Torah. Uh, so this this is the this is the area is the part and this is the last stop right before the Malik episode. This is the Malik episode right here, right? They start arguing with Hashem, with sorry with Moshe, and it continues and they cry out to they cry out to Moshe. And let's go to the bold or the the bold part. Masu Mariva, and they call this place Masu Mariva. Ariv Bnei Yisrael on the argument with Bnei Yisrael. And that they tested Hashem, saying, "Is Hashem among us or not?" And then, and then came Amalek and battled with Yisrael in Rafidim. So, one, we can say that a ripoy aslan min right, a weakening in Torah, leads to the ability to say these words as we spoke about. This is a fantastically difficult question to understand what's being asked. You know, it's very not far from. You know, you'd, you know, you'd see some Sarayim from the Yamsuf, right? Is Hashem among us or not? Is a difficult question to comprehend someone asking. So let's say that a weakness in Torah will lead to the ability to, that, to ask that question, but we still have to deal with how that question can be asked or what are they saying with that question? Because it seems to have a pretty obvious answer. Fine. I have Amalek, so just quick source, uh, everyone knows it, but this is the source by Amalek in this, in this Parsha, that why did Amalek come? So the Parshas are next to each other to tell us, right, that I'm giving you everything, right, I got you through Adam Mitzrayim, through the Midbar, and you ask me, oh, am I here? So therefore, the Caliph comes, Amalek comes, and bites you. Just a quick source. So, next source. Um, this should finish and conclude the parallel that we mentioned before. Rabbi Lazar Pasukla Piskalai Parshasa. So we have the, in Gemara Megillah that, right, every Tana, or not every Tana, but a lot of Tanas, and they brought up an opening to the Megillah that they had. They would each begin their drushas to the Megillah with a different opening. And this would set the tone for what they were, you know, trying to bring out of the point of their drusha, trying to, this is the way they viewed the Megillah. So this is Rebel Lazar's. And he says from the Pasuk in Koalas, Right, with the laziness, the roof collapses, and the and the weakness of the hands, the house falls in. So Bishvil and because of the laziness that was by Israel, Shalo what was that laziness that they didn't they weren't Asakantara, Nasas Sono Baruchu Mach. The enemies of Hashem made were made weak. In other words, what the Gemara is saying is in in the Lushan and there's nobody poor. In other words, it's saying that Hashem became weak due to the, due to the, you know, no, not being Osek in Torah. Obviously, that's not literal. We're saying is that there was a, uh, you know, a stopping of all the stopping that Hashem was doing to protect Yisrael. Right. So who is that? Right. How do we know? And the Pasuk is talking about Hashem. So Mekara, the roofer is talking about Akash Baruch Hu, But, so here we see the, you know, the final, you know, piece in the parallel is that we had a weakness in Torah, led to Amalek, 
right all right by the Yamsuf we just had by Here too, we have the Jews are not being Isaac and Torah, therefore Hashem is Mach, and therefore the story of Purim, right, this is what he's trying to bring out by his, his introduction to Purim, is Hashem became weak. This is how Amalek came to be. Weakness in Torah leads to Amalek. So this is on a separate note. Uh, but this is the Targum on the Pasuk in Kohelis. And due to weakness in learning of Torah, and the mitzvahs, um, the man became weakened, and his strength became lessened. These pactas, it's a... Um, fine, uh, fine. Fine. Pause there. Comma. Right, and from the laziness of the woman, who doesn't distance herself from uh, from the blood, from the tuma, right? Therefore, this is the same. This is translating the pasuk. In other words, the roof falls in, right? In other words, a woman not keeping Nida leads to the roof falling in and all these bad things happening. So why is Nida the Targum in this Pasuk? Right? We have the Torah part, which is what we just darshaned out. Right? The Torah part makes sense. But what is this Nida part coming in? Then we have, again, the Pasuk in uh, Medrashin by Yukra. Right? Our Pasuk. And due to Yisrael being lazy and not engaging or camping in Machlokas, Lifnei Harsina, when they were before Harsina, Yimacha Mikara. So what is the roofer here again? What is the roofer? That the roof came down. This is referring to Vayerid Hashem al The roof came down, if Mikara is Hashem, then Hashem is coming down to Harsinai, Vayet Shemayim Vayerid. Right? And he turned Shemayim and he came down. So here we see the same Pasuk. And we'll get to it, right? Not, not, not referencing right now, but we have a question of why is this Targum come out that Nida is part of this Pasuk? And how, why do we see Right, that this has to do with Harsinai, right, and getting the Torah. Fine. Um, luckily for every everything we've set up about a Malik and weakness in Torah, the Gemara gives a pretty blanket statement. Uh, I think should be touched upon more because it seems to be a pretty blanket statement that would technically answer everyone's questions on Purim all the time, or a lot of them. Is Achar Dvar Me'ele Amorava Achar Bara Baruch Hu Lamaka. Right after Hashem created the refuah to the makkah, in other words, the Gemara is telling us that there's a makkah, and we know what the makkah is, Amalek. But the Gemara is telling us that the refuah came before the makkah, and we know that there's a refuah. And now, who is this refuah referring to? The Gemara is, you know, nice enough to tell us. So Rashi tells us, "Haki Garcina and Achar Dvarim Eile Gidal Amelachas Hahaman." Or he adds in that part, "Bus right Busar Big Sambesar." Right, this reference to the makkah, right. That Hashem makes her food before the Makkah is a reference to the story of Big Son of Seresh, right? And how they are the Rafua to the Makkah. Um, let's just get, let's actually just go back to that source, the not bolded, not bolded part. It's just, and the blanket statement is that across all times that Hashem, you know, heals, right, makes the Rafua before the Makkah. Right? So we can talk, we'll talk about the concept too about that. So, but what I was saying is that the concept is straight out, and it's a blanket statement, right? The refu is always, always before the Makkah. So if we want to answer, you know, what does a lack of Torah have to do with, you know, a, a lack of Torah have to do with a Mali coming and all these things, the Gemara tells us your answer is, you know, look at the story and you'll find your answer. So, what, you know, we'll talk about Bixam and Sarah. Who are they? So why they want to kill Akashver? So there's different, you know, there's different. The Gemara says one thing. 
They were two Tarsians. And they were talking in Lashon Tursi. Right? So, they, since Achishverosh married Esther, they haven't had time to sleep because... No, no, since he married Esther, right, they haven't had time to sleep because they've been very busy and they've been keeping them running back and forth for, I guess, you know, drinks and food. So they haven't had time to sleep, so they're very upset. So what do they do? They try to poison the king and kill him. Uh, the Rabbah says, Vayim Right, when Mordechai was sitting in the gate of the king, right, then Bixam and Seresh got angry. So obviously the Medrash is bothered by what's the connection between the two parts of the Psukim. So Hayasham. So what anger was there? Mavir Echad. That two were taken out and one was replaced. Right? Two wise people or two, you know, advisors were taken out and were, were replaced by one barbarian. Others are saying that they were actually, they were actually at the Shara Melech before Mordechai. They were these at this position of, you know, because Esther gets Mordechai appointed, right, to a position of, you know, influence. They're saying that they were there. They were, they were actually clearly important people. They were there before Mordechai and they got replaced. So they're upset about, you know, the change in scenario. Understandable. Uh, so they decide to kill the king. And then I don't. You don't have the source because I couldn't find it. I heard, I saw it and heard from plenty of places. The Mam Lois says that I don't know where he gets it from, but we'll go on his word that they were Vashti's relatives, so they were upset at the at the proceedings. Also understandable, so they decided to they, they wanted to kill Achashverosh. But still, end of the day, Big Samusersh, even though they're not main characters, they still have their everyone knows their name, and they have a pretty they pr- they're a pretty big name in. You know, the Jewish people, considering that they're barely there, they don't really do much. I don't know why we need their name. And, you know, why do they seem so integral? And clearly they are because we say, you know, Maki Mufu Lamaki is them. But we have to understand why. So, this is more of a, you know, let's dive into it now. So, we start off with Hilchas Shuvah, the Rambam. So, Rishus Tachol Adam Nesuna, Imrat Lahatos Atmol Adarach Tova, Uliot Sadik, Harishus Bayada. Right, so permission or license is given to every man to do whatever he wants. If he wants to turn himself on the derech tov, if he wants to tilt himself to be on the derech tov, to be a tzaddik, he has ability in his hand. If he wants to tilt himself to the derech ra and become a rasha, the ability is in his hand. End of the, go to the end of the, you know, halacha. The osa kol mashu and he can do Right, this rishus enables him to do whatever he wants. And there's not anyone or anything that can hold him back from doing the good or bad. Right, and this is in the pasuk of referring by Bereshus that right after eating from the etzadas that now they had the ability to eat from the etzachayim that wasn't wanted, so they had to be chucked. But now what the pasuk right what he's bringing out is that no one could have stopped them, so they had to be. Right, it had to be protected. In other words, nothing could have stopped them. Hashem couldn't be like, no, you're not. Right, that, that wasn't a possibility. Um, in Halacha Gimel, Iker Gadol, who Right, and this is the Iker This is the Iker Gadol. This is the platform of the Torah and the Mitzvah. So, 
it it begs the question <laughs> that if this is like my pun, if this is uh, the Iker Gadol, then why isn't this in Yisodei Torah? Right? Hilchas Tshuva is yes, it is in Mada, but it waited a couple, you know, farim of halacha. If this is actually the Iker Gadol and the Amudat Torah and the Mitzvahs, right? This should be. I would assume this should be in Yisodei Torah. So why is this? You know, why is this? Why did they wait? Why did the Ramam wait to bring this into Hilchas Tshuva? So. We say that rishus means permission, and it means license, but if it, me- it means literal permission, in other words, we were given permission to do anything. By definition, saying that our actions are meaningful, that we have the ability to do whatever we want, and this is really a God-imposed power, that we are given the ability to do whatever we want. So we, by definition, our actions are meaningful, no matter what you do, because it's a divine right that you get to do something. So at the base core of every action that you do, there's this divine right. And therefore, in everything that you do from that divine right, there should be meaning. This is the opposite to what we mentioned um, by the Pasuk, by of how, uh, what's the name, Rabbi Lazar opened up his Pasuk Pesach Hyperchasa. Where is this page? There you go. Um, so, thank you. Um, right. That through laziness, the roof collapses. However, <coughs> laziness is a truthfully a purposeful forfeiting of what this power is, this incredible power given to you. Being lazy. End of the day is a purposeful. A, a, what happens after that may not be so purposeful, but to be lazy is a purposeful forfeiting of this incredible right given to you. It's an incredible divine right that you're not activating, you're not using, you're letting go to waste. And then even further on, the, the next words of the Rambam: Other words, if a person desires to turn himself to the Derech Tov and be a tzaddik, the ability is in his hand. But this is a also a very straightforward statement. If a person is Ratzah to turn to Atmo Derech Tova or to Derech Ra, there is no third option here. Everybody wants to be noted to something. There's no not being, there's no person who is not Ratzah anything. There's not a person who has no desires to be anything, to want to be anything, to do anything. That's not true. No matter how lazy a person says he is, it's not true. Because you can always find something that a person <laughs> would want to do. A person ha- needs to be noted to something. So there is no, there, there's no third option here. And this allows a person to do whatever he wants, right? This ability that, a, you know, a person can do whatever he wants is what he should be doing. A person who's lazy is just killing himself and, you know, butchering this opportunity. So this is why this halakha is in Hilkas Tshuva. Because the fundamental core of tshuva and the way everything is explained about tshuva is that if you know your ratzon, if you know the things that you want, then that is by definition tshuva. In other words, if I understand what I want, if my focus is on Hashem-oriented, very simply, I'm Hashem-oriented. I go with the things that He wants, you know, He sees this as right, that's actually where I want to be, then that, you know, everything that I did before that I didn't want to do really because I am Hashem-oriented, is not part of me. 
right? That's not me, right? If anything, I would say that's, right, as we mentioned before, obviously you have to do a real tshuva, right? If you do a real, real tshuva, that is the acher, right? There was the you before, that you are not with Hashem, you're another, right? Your actions display, you know, display the way you view things that you don't, you're not Hashem-oriented, you see things, other things as more valuable, more important. And then afterwards, with a change of direction or a real, a real tshuva, you could reach the point where you are acher, that you are not, right? Not that you're outside of it, but rather that you're another, that you're different from who you were before, but that you're Hashem-oriented. Again, but again, this halach is here because you're ratzalahatav, right? The ability to want something, right, is given by rishos. And this is the fundamental point of tshuva, that a person has to know what he wants. And that by definition, everything falls off after that. If you know that you're Hashem-oriented, then everything else that you did wasn't you. So that is tshuva. And it's a, right? Once you know yourself and you know what you want, then by definition, that's tshuva. At the same time, this is exactly the concept, very similar to what we say of malchus, of monarchy. That, And it's best expressed in patriotism. And we see in ourselves that we're all, for the most part, I think, that we're all patriotic uh, Americans, not, not for yeah, exactly, not not for the Mexican and not for the Canadian and not for the people who go to FIU or you know Miami Dade College where anarchists. exactly they're all a bunch of anarchists. But hopefully most of us and a lot of Americans are patriotic Americans. And what is this you know what is this uh, you know phenomena of patriotism that we find by everybody? Is that when I find things that I am rutza to, that I am oriented to, that I find valuable, right? then the malchus is just an expansion of that idea. America is, you know, obviously influenced by the Torah, and that's why we put such so great emphasis on the liberty and freedom of speech, and these things, right, are really just rishus l'chol adam right, in a government type of form, right, that we Americans are uh, nauseated and are very, very against, you know, all forms of oppression and socialism, exactly. Um, so, it, because that is, you know, that is a governmental form of taking away our idea of and America is, you know, the greatest expression of that in, in modern times and really in all times, right? The Constitution is our Malchus of America, right? It's not necessarily, a, America is not necessarily an actual monarch in terms of that we have a king, but the, the document of the Constitution itself is our monarch, right? That we find that, oh, Aaron Levy likes liberty, Aaron Levy finds that it's important. The Constitution is a document that you know, is that on a grand scale? Everyone adheres to it. Everyone respects it. And I'm just a little Aaron Levy, but I am enhanced by my relationship to the document. So what we're saying is that Shuvah and Malchus are, you know, exactly identical at its core. Because if you know what you're rutsed to, if you know what you're oriented to, then you're oriented to, I'm oriented Torah-oriented. Everything else is not me. And if I'm malchus oriented, right? If I find myself being enhanced by this thing that is me, then clearly you're on the same page, right? I don't find that my North Korea is my malchus because I don't relate to anything they have there. But I find that America is my malchus because I relate on a grand scale to everything they have. So again, malchus and tshuva are, you know, are finding our rut zone, finding out who we are. So. Uh, yeah, we were saying, well, if where a person that, there's no third option here, right? A person is always rutza to something, right? But what is what is being knowing, right? How do you know what you are rutza, right? A person has to understand 
right, who he is, you know, what he wants, right? These are things, and these come straight out of Rishus, right? Rishus, and then you have, from your ability to do action, you have the ability to choose either side, but you're, you have to choose either side, and you have to know which side you want, right, to make those choices. No matter how much you decide to flop your life away, you still have to make those choices, right? And that, if you... If you know what you want, then you're not the other thing. In other words, if I want to be Tov, then that is the fundamental ability to have Tshuva. Right? And Malchus being connected to Tshuva. Yeah? Okay. It's not Tshuva itself, but it's a precursor, or it is Tshuva itself? No, that's exactly what is Tshuva. It's Tshuva not just... Tshuva is about understanding, right, who you are. That's really at the end of what it comes down to. After all, you know, either according to Rambam, according... You know, to other whoever you know, whoever you're gonna to go to. But end of the day, no matter regret, you know, giving tzedakah, tefillah, whatever, it's about end of the day. If you don't, if you haven't decided that I regret because I want to be in this path, as the Ram says, right? I see that Hashem's direction is the way I want to be. Therefore, I regret my actions. Right? That it isn't that tshuva that you are on that path. That's the path you want to be. That is tshuva itself. No action required. Just mindset. Okay, obviously, you know, you know, tefillah, you know, I'm saying we don't say, um, but, you know, the fundamental point of tshuva is, is, is this aspect. Okay. Now, if I would ask you, uh, you know, forgetting all this, you know, every, oh, many people's favorite Rambam, and I enjoy it very much, but if we forget all this, you know, philosophical talk and <clears> jazz <throat> about, you know, the Eitzadah, Eitzachayim, Roshos, and all these stuff, and I would just ask you, prove to me that we have Roshos. Prove to me. You know, don't talk fancy. Prove to me. Where can I see the best example in Judaism and in the Torah that people have an actual effect versus God? In other words, right, because this is the point of Rishos, that God doesn't control everything. We actually have free will, right? So that I can do something that is meaningful and valuable. But show me. Show me where my action actually has an effect that is versus what God would want. Show me. So this is Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, talking about, this is the, the episode by Rosh Hashanah Gamliel. Um, so I didn't, I didn't put any specific part, but Masha Asa, Rebbeim Leil Asoy, right? Your, uh, Rebbe Yeshua's being comforted that end of the day, what Rebbeim Leil decided is going to be done because So what do we darshan out of there? Right? These are the holy times. These are the holy convocations that are called holy. Fine. So what are we darshaning out of that pasuk? Right? Whether or not it's the Actual time for the Chag, right? Or as we say, even for you know for the Rosh Chodesh, you know, which is just an extension of what happens when you decide the moon of the month, and you know that's when Chagim fall out. Whether or not you know it's right or wrong, this is actually takes effect. And as Rashi says, Asher Tikru right? The pasuk made the actual timing of things that God wants or God knows what is the correct time dependent on Bezdin. In other words, if we forget everything we just spoke about, about Rishos, forget everything I just said, and I tell you, prove to me where I can find the ability to go against God and come out on top. Right here. Right? Uh, I'm not. I hear but I hear that one too. I hear that one too. But again, you'd give me all philosophical jazz. What is Torah Lo Shemaim here? I'm telling you right now. I mean, it says straight up, but I need to I hear. What is Torah Lo Shemaim? Fine. <laughs> you know. Either way, just straight out. Right here is the perfect source, right? That you can make Rosh Chodesh on the wrong day. You can make Hagim on the wrong day. And God has no say in the matter. This is actually, you know, nail in the coffin, proof that you actually have complete ability to do 
you know, things with a nafkamina, things that actually have a consequence in this world. And God has no say in it. Because God knows when the Chag is. God knows when it should be. And here you changed it. Uh, so this just leads us into a very sensible Havmina that we see that the first Rosh in Well, now it's a pretty sensible Havmina. Because this horribly, I mean, if you look at it, it's a really bad Pasuk to want to start with. It's really in the middle of nowhere and everywhere. So, you know, you have uh, Makas Pachoros coming up. We have Leaving the Shrine. We just had some last few, you know, Makas. It's really in the middle of a mumble-jumble. I don't know why the Torah would specifically choose this one. It's the first mitzvah. Great. But what does the Hav mean? Is that if the Torah is at its core, the ability to be Rishus Lachol Adon Nesana, then I just showed you that this is the best proof. If I wanted to prove to you that this book that God is writing is really a free will document choice that he's going to enable you to choose right or wrong, what pasuk would you start with? I would start off with because forgetting, because there was no Rambam. So forgetting it, there would be no philosophical jazz that I could talk to you about. And if I just want to know that something actually had an effect, I would write this pasuk, right? I would write or or maybe even this one. of Right? One of these, you know, that shows clearly, you know, nail in the coffin, that there's actually ability to do whatever you want. So, we, right, in Rashi, right before, that it was Bikriyas Bezdin Teluakasov, right, the power is in Bezdin to decide these things. So, Gemara and Sanhedrin, Bishlosha, oh, sorry, uh, Tanya, Ketzaramur Shimon Ben Gamliel, Bishlosha Maschilin, Bachamisha Nosin, Venosin, 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 right, that he's talking about the Ibershana. Right, he says that you start off with three, then you go to five, then you go to seven. Right, so let's turn the page. So, right, we're talking about obviously members of the Sanhedrin. Right, so what are these three Keneged? Here again, we have the Chad Amr Shlosha Keneged Shomri Asaf. So, here too, as we brought before by the Gemara Megillah, that after they didn't have Torah in the Midbar, we appointed, you know, Monday and Thursday as the days of the week that we would lay Torah so we wouldn't have three days. We brought there that what was the, what was the Keneged me? And we also set a standard for Keneged. Don't forget that, obviously. But we set a standard, and we said the Keneged me are referring to this exact same thing. Keneged Shomer Asaf. The Rashi on this passage says, Shlosha Keneged Shomer Asaf, Kilomer Ashkechana de Machusa de Ara Shlosha Mimonim. We said before, right? The, the three, the five, and seven are, are, you know, are positions in the government. But Rashi here adds a very interesting last line. The Iber Shana, Metchasise Machus Shemaim Huliyashiv Seder. Metachsise is a word that I asked a couple of Rebbeim on. Some didn't know. I got a dormant. What's the best one that I got? So, it's the dormant of Malchus Shemaim in the world. Again, same idea. Right? The fact that you can do Iber Shana, the fact that you can decide on when do we have a leap year or not, right? Even if you would mess up, is again, the best adornment of Malchus Shemaim that you can get. It is the adornment of Malchus Shemaim. Now, if we were just said before by the philosophical jazz that there's Tshuva and Malchus are the same ideal, right? That if what I hold to be valuable and dear is enhanced and expanded on in the Malchus, and we were talking about in, that in terms of Rishuth and the ability to decide on what you want and how you want it, right? Then this is also saying exactly that. That what's the best, what is the best thing that you can give Hashem? What is the best example of the Malchus of Shemayim? What is the best example for something that you both relate to? that you and Hashem relate to, and Hashem is the enhanced form of that, or the expanded form of that, that is the same ideals as we spoke before. Changing the Chodesh, Ibar Shana, 
these things that Rishus is the right the fundamental point of Rishus is the greatest thing that Hashem also wants because obviously this is only right nothing in the world is for Hashem Hashem made it only for you Rishus is the ability to for that to come into place so the greatest thing that you can give Hashem is the again this final proof that you can actually affect things so these well, affecting them or or the ability to affect them. Um, I would say that actual ability to affect them. Otherwise, and, you know, I don't know what just uh, having the ability to, but not being able to actually do it. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying otherwise it'd be kind of a farce. Right? Uh, but yeah, on something that you can actually do it is the greatest machus. What we're saying here, though, is that now we have some insight into the shlosha keneg and me, right? Because this Rashi is talking about the three, the five, the seven, right? The greatest thing that you can do for Hashem is rishus, right? We just said that that's the most enhanced thing of the machus. That's what Kenegin Mi is over here by the Shomer Esaf. These Shomer Esaf are referring to people who have, you know, are dealing with tremendous amounts of Rishos. So let's go on to the next source and we'll see exactly what we talk about. I didn't bold out anything in the Yerushalmi, sorry. Um, it's difficult enough to read the Yerushalmi <coughs> to find where I wanted to go with it. But it's uh, pretty much halfway if you want to find it. Amr Vionis son. Miken. Yeah, got it. Everybody got it, whoever wants. Amr Vionis son. Yeah, you're showing me. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, you said? Fine. So, I'm Rabbi Yonasan. Hedron Gedola shall call Yisrael. So, this is the diversity movement in the in the Jewish world. Uh, because Levim and Gohanim clearly reign supreme. And we have to we have to show that, you know, there can be other Jews in, in important positions. So, he says, like, you know, where do we know that in the Sanhedrin Gedola <laughs> there could be some learned Yisraelim? You know, it's hard to find them. I agree, but you know, where you know, how do we know? So he took Sar Tabachim Sar Yakoin Arosh, right? So he took the Sar Tabachim Sar Yakoin, the head of Sifania Cohen and Sifania Cohen. Harish Naim. So these are two people, right? We just mentioned two. The Shiva Nashim Meroy Melech, and the seven people that stand before the king. So that's right, and that's Haritisha. Now we're up to nine. So v'shishim ish me'am and then another sixty people from the land. Harei shivim chaser echad. Right now we have sixty-nine. Umineir saris echad harei shivim. So right now we have seventy. Right, seventy, seventy-one, whatever. In the machlokus is how many people are in the in Sanhedrin. Fine, but we're trying to figure out. You know, we just saw what the point of the Gemara is saying is that we saw that what shishim ish me'am because we said we had two kohanim that we mentioned, right? And then we had shiva rope So we have two kohanim for sure that we know. We don't know about these Roi Penal Malach, but if we're going to say that, forget that. Right? We have two, we have two Kohanim, so we know there's for sure two Kohanim involved in the Sanhedrin number, but we have Shishim Ish that, let's say we don't know who the Roi Penal Malach are, but now we have Shishim Ish that are people, so we know that that's not Levim and Kohanim. From here we prove that there can be some other people that are not only Levim and Kohanim in the Sanhedrin. Diversity. Diversity. Diversity proven. It's not a, it's not a Leviarchy, a Kohani, Kohaniarchy. Um, so, what I'm gonna, what we're going to say is that these Dayanim who are the Shomrei Asaf, right? We, we mentioned that the Rishos and Mbezdin, but these Dayanim who turn out to later be the Shomrei Asaf, or who sometimes are the Shomrei Asaf, but obviously they're intertwined. We, we're going to say that these people are people who uh, emphasize the points of all the stuff that we spoke about before, Rishos. Because if you learn Sanhedrin, or even go through Rashi's and Chumash, there is nothing to be gained. Nothing to be gained. You'll tell me some covered, fine, maybe. There is nothing to be gained by being, being a dying. It's the worst thing. Forget all the practical aspects of 
you know, obviously, whatever, interferes, you're not making money, whatever, those kind of stuff, forget that. All the stuff that if you judge wrongly, it comes back on you. If you judge wrongly, you got to pay, right? If you judge wrongly, you're getting, you know, you know, sliced in heaven or stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no upside. It can only come out from a desire to actually do it, from really wanting to be responsible, to take care of the community, take care of the nation. But to get, to get to that point, you have to know which way you want to turn. You have to know if you want to be Ratzalahatos im Derechtov. Because you're not going to get to that point otherwise. Nobody's going to take upon themselves this responsibility unless you are a kofir Iker and then you're like, I don't care because I don't believe I'm going to get, you know, sliced in heaven for being a horrible judge. Fine. So that's you. If that's you, you did good rishos. You, you knew you took your derech. Ra, you probably don't even believe in that. So whatever. On assumption that these are actually God-fearing people, then this is what they're going to, this is what we're going to have to say, who these people are. To reach this point, you would have to be Ratzal, you know, you will have to be Ratzal to the side of Tov. So, again, we see this is, we are talking about before that we had to bring an example how there are other people in the Sanhedrin, right? This goes all the way back to, it's a, it might be a little bit out of order. It's a little bit out of order. Um, let's uh, go to the few, a few, a uh, little up to the Rashi and uh, to the Pasuk and Bereshis, a few lines. A few lines, whatever. Yeah, skip some. Yeah, I got it. So, and it was on the third day that they were in pain. These are the people in in Shem, right after they got the Brismila. So, uh, two sons of Yaakov, Shimon Levi, took, uh, you know, the brothers of Dina went to Ishkarba, they took their swords, and they came on the air confident, the city confidently, and they killed all the men. Rashi says, Rashi is bothered by obvious, the obvious question of Achedina. Everyone's Achedina or no one's Achedina or we definitely know they're Achedina. Right, so what are you saying? Right, since they volunteered themselves to go out there, put themselves out there to kill and take her back forcefully, right, they took that on themselves. They're called their brothers. In other words, the care they showed and the choices that they made are what call, or what make you her brother. And this is what we find by Levi all the time. And Levi and Shimon, it goes back to, you know, whether it's caring for the right or wrong reasons, but they care very much about Yosef, no doubt about that. They care about something very much, you know, very strongly. Um, and we find that eventually, uh, I would assume that the klala that they get, or klala, but in Parshas Vayachi, right, where it's definitely not a bracha, right, I would assume that they're not being taken out of their element or out of their zone completely. In other words, Shimon eventually becomes the teachers of young young children in Israel. So either you could say no to 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 you know to calm them down. We took them to the exact to the exact opposite. Maybe, but I'd rather say that you know there's a a harmony in what he was able to do, and it's a you know it's transferring his abilities into a better pursuit. And Levi too. Levi has uh, back up. So Hilcha Shmita and Yovel in the end. So we're not going to read it really. Um, but in other words, all the responsibilities that Levi has, and Levi takes on. There's the Shomer, you know, Shomer Mishkan, the Shomer Beis Mikdash, Shomer everything, and they have all the responsibilities to call Israel that they have. And just, we'll read the one line in your Gimel. Right? It's not just Shevet Levi alone. Rather, it can be anybody. Right? Just like the Sanhedrin can be anybody. But it's an inherent right in, in Levi. Right? Just as the Ramam says, go back up to Halakha before, Hilka Sanhedrin. The mitzvah to have the Sanhedrin is to be made up of Levim, Kohanim Levim, as I 
were superior. Shenema Ravata Elokhoin Elokhohanim Halavim. Ve'imlo Matzo Afilu Hayakulam Yisraelim Harayzim Mutter. If you don't find any, it's mutter to have. We allow you to have a Sanhedrin Gedola made up of Yisraelim. In other words, it's just you're right. You can have them, but it's an inherent right by Shulman Levi. Inherent right, as we're saying. I was just. This is just to bring a proof that the Shomer Asaf, right? These Dayanim that we mentioned are people who would only do this out of care, out of knowing what they want to be. And they happen to be supposed to be made out of Levim and Kohanim, which are, as we find, the type of people who this is their inherent nature. So, just to bring a proof to, you know, the nature of what a Dayan would have to choose to reach this point. And the Shomer Asaf, included in that, look at the word, Shomer Asaf is not a cold-hearted Shomer. We don't go, we're not going to go into, go with the word Shomer as in a cold-hearted version, but with the connotations of care, of watching over something, of love when you do something, you know, being Shomer Shabbos. Right, we put a, such a big emphasis on Shomer Shabbos. Is it rather because people do? Are we talking about the type of person we're talking about when we mention their Shomer Shabbos? Are is that prototype the person who basically does nothing but at minimum, bare minimum, keep Shabbos? You're right. We've maybe we've you know dumbed down the word to mean that because we're trying to find people to include in that category. But really, when Shomer Shabbos being a big thing would be somebody who actively cares. Right, he he's Shomer the Shabbos. Because he loves the Shabbos, or you know, he relates to it a lot, and he wants to get everything he can out of it. So he's Shomer. So Shomer is off again, throwing into the bundle that there are the Shomer that they. It's a caring the Dayanim who are the Shomer is off, the connected the Shomer is off, right? Are they caring? But uh, you're gonna have to skip a few because we I did a little bit more where we went back. So uh, mm-hmm. also ju- no, just because we went back and forth. Um, so. So right, so the Dayanim are people who are Ratza, they you know, they know which direction they're going. And you don't also don't have this, but very quickly, Targum Yonasan takes the word Saf, the Shomer Saf, we haven't really mentioned what Saf is. So we said the Ralbag, you know, Shomer Kilia Mikdash. But the uh the Targum Yonasan says Saf is he takes he he translates as Mezuzah very very shortly Ram you know, Mezuzah is an awareness device. In other words, just there, right? These people are, these Shomer Yisaf are just people who are aware of very much what they want. Just quick on the side. But now we're saying, now that we can look back on what we know about the Shomer Yisaf from the period of Rosh Chodesh, from the fact that they're Seder, the Ibar Shana, and all these things, is that now we can plug it in back into the Lias by the Torah reading, is that these are, right, what is, what we're trying to get out of the Torah reading, the Kenegi Shomer Yisaf, is this exact thing awareness of what we want and what direction we're heading in. And to anybody who says they don't need constant reminders of this, that they probably should have less than, they can go more than three days without this, is a fool. Because we forget this all the time. And that's why we have Muzzah on the door to try to get us to remember somewhat of that every, a lot quicker than that, but it doesn't work. So, whoever's going to tell me that they need less, you know, convince somebody else, but not me. This is exactly what we're trying to get out of the alias on the, on on the week that now that we have, you know, periodized leanings throughout the week, it's other words that we should be dealing with and engaging in Torah that should obviously, you know, let us know which way we want to be turning. Right? Are we aware that we want to be going this way, or are we spacing out on what we our responsibilities in life, what we actually want in life? And we tend to you know we tend to think in terms of big episodes like. One we brought up by leaving the midbar that a mully comes. One we bring up by Purim that a mully comes. 
right? We talk about World War Three, and uh, you know, sorry, World War Two. That uh, you know, we had a mulling in my mind already there, um, right? But we talk about big events, and we talk about we think of a mulling, and we're one hundred percent right. A mulling does come at us when there's national upheavals, but. I think personally we all experienced Amaleks, and this is really, I, I think, proven here by the Gemara Chulin. So Esther Minatora Minayin. So where's our remnants to the Torah from Esther? For Esther. Vanochi Hastir Aster. So in just a full Pusik is right below that Rashi is Vanochi Hastir Aster. Panai Bayamahu Alkola Rashirasa Kifonelo Kimacher. Right, and I'm going to hide my face from you, and right, all the bad's going to happen to you because you turn to other gods. So the Rashi on that Pusik back up. Lamaisa Esther. Right here, Rashi has the Maisa Esther. So, Hastir Astir, Bime Esther, Yeh Hastir Panim, Matsuzars, Ravos, Veros. Right? In the days of Esther, there's Hastir Panim. So, let's get to this Gemara in Kedushan. So, Kaka Karsh Barku Armel Hemle Israel. Ani Barisi Yetzer Haro, Barasi Lo Torah, Tavlin. Vima Tem Oskim Batara, Ena Tem Nim Sarm Bayado. I created a Yetzer Hara, and I created the Torah as its uh, fix, it's, as its refuah, let's say. And right, if you are Osik in Torah, then you're not then you're not going to fall in the hands of the Yitzhara. Shinamar, hello im tetef seis, the im ain atem the im ain atem oskim batara atem nim sarimiyada. Right. So hello im tetef seis. Uh so if you don't improve, right, and the full pasik is right at the bottom, right underneath it. Right, Yomar Shemel Kayan, Lamachara Lacha, the Lama Naflupanacha, right? Why is why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? Hello im tetef seis. Right, if you don't, right, you have the ability to improve, but if you don't, you're at the you're at the opening of hate. So we see that Torah is obviously the right; it's the fix to the Yitzhahara. But I want to focus on is the at the end of this uh, episode with Hashem, after everything that happened with you know with his brother killing his brother. Right, and I've been expelled you've expelled me today from on the ground right and i'm hiding my face from you and i'm going to be a wanderer in the land and anyone who's going to find me is going to kill me uh now rabbi Bachi has a different way of reading this pasuk uh, which i was thinking of when i read it but i liked it very much oh yomer mipinecha sasser right this other way of reading the pasuk is mipinecha es sasser halo gazarti alai shataster es panach mimeni kisha amarti li navinad tiyabarz right that when you hid your face from me, not that I'm going, not not that I have to hide from you when I'm going wandering the land. Rather that since you hid your face from me, therefore I have to wander the land. Right, because all your wanderings and gullus, right, whether to an individual or a nation, yora al panim, or al hester panim, right. It's a reference. This is exactly what hester panim is. Kimishu bilasi. Moshagach, Mibalev, right? In other words, there's no Hashkacha, right? There's no Hashkacha. This is, whether it's on an individual or an Am, this is, the la- lack of Hashkacha is, you know, being in a state of Hester. So, So, where, you know, what am I going to do? I have no no place to hide because I'm Hefker Lakol, right? I'm open to everything coming at me. In other words, it's not just massive events that happen to us. Right, it's not just the big events in Amalek and, you know, Amalek coming to us by after, you know, the Yamsuf and Amalek coming to us by Purim. Rather, it's the Yachir Alam. It's a very individual type of Amalek because if, as we said, that Bimei Esther, 
is the Anochi Hafter Panim, and we know B'mei Esther was Haman and Amalek, then when we say that it's an individual level, right, that since we experience Hester all the time, this is an Amalek, a personal Amalek all the time on us too, right? It doesn't have to be the Am. It doesn't have to be, rather it's a Yachid. We have Hester Panim, so we have Amalek on us, right? We're being, we're being infected. That's because of us? Because of our actions, yeah. <laughs> right, and this is obviously, a, and what the Gemara says, right, we were saying, is that, right, Torah is the fix to all of this, right? We said by Yitzhahara, but we also said before, by the other episodes, that there was lack of Torah, right? Lack of Torah, and Amalek came. And we're talking about Hester for us, Amalek for us. Torah is a cure. So now that we've been saying that Torah is a cure, what we mentioned before is that the Gemara gave us the cure, actually. Gave us, you know, just told us straight out. What is the refuah to this makkah? And this makkah is a malik. Tegmar told us originally what the refuah is. And it didn't say Torah, right? Rather, what was the episode? Right? Then it brings the concept of it. And again, Rashi told us, Basr Bixam Vesersh. Right? It didn't say Torah. It didn't say refuah makkah is the Torah. Rather, it says Bixam Vesersh. But the kicker is, who, is, who are Bixam Vesersh? Bayam Mehem, Umordechai Yoshe Bashar Melech, Katsaf Bixam Vesersh, Nesiri Seyam Melech, Mishom Reyasaf, Vivakshul Shlach. Yad right? Who are Bixam and Sarish? They are the Shomer Asaf. They are, as we brought before by the Torah and by Bayanim, they're connected to me. What are they connected? And we went through all of this. That what? That they're people who are very, imbu- you know, very imbued and are very deep in their understanding of Rishus. That they know what they want very much. So whether you're going to say, whatever opinion you're going to go to, whether you're going to say that Bixam and Viserish were trying to kill the king because they wanted more sleep. You know, if you value sleep like, you know, that much in your life, you've got a lot of work to do. Um, whether it's because, as we said before, that they had important positions and then they were removed. So you could say on one, on one end of it that they're actually angry, or we could even say that we, as we've been mentioning before, that they actually had a vision for what the Malchus should be. And now there's been a change, maybe. You know, they, they had a way, they had, they related to some way the identity of what the kingship was going in, what, where the kingdom was headed, and they got removed, they got replaced a different position. Now Mordechai is giving some other advice. You know, maybe they're actually pained by that, and that's what causes, you know, they're freedom fighters. They're trying to free their country and all their ideals. They're trying to replace it with something better, maybe. And, uh, or like the Malam Lois, and which could be the same thing, that they're rel- relatives of Vashti, so either they're, you know, very angry that Vashti was killed, or maybe they saw something on Vashti's side of it that they wanted, right? They related to Vashti's side of the kingdom and her you know, what was she was, she was doing to the king's from, and they don't like how Esther is, you know, coming in. All these things, but w- common denominator between all of them. They definitely did something that they put their life on the line for. Because you know you're putting like, your life on the line for this, right? They're willing to give up their life, and they're willing to die. In other words, they know what they're very, they know what they're willing to die for. What's a better example of a person who is steeped in Russia? But most of us probably couldn't, you know, if somebody told us, you know, what were you willing to die for? Honestly, we'd have to think. Maybe there's some stuff that are obvious to us. Probably shouldn't be too obvious. If it's too obvious, then I think you're off. You're, you know, you definitely didn't think about it enough. So most of us would probably have to sit back and think. And that would be, you know, a good way of telling, you know, what you see, you know, what do you see as valuable? Where, you know, where, where, where do your priorities lie? You know, where are you headed? So this is, I think, exactly what we do by drinking on Purim. So Amarav and Machai Vinish Lubasumi Mipore, Adaloyada Bain Arhaman, Leborn Lebrach Morchai, and then Labusim Lish Takabiyan, 
And the Raman Paskins that this is how you do it, right? This is how you achieve Purim. This is actually how you tap into Purim, is that the drinking is obviously what all of Shovim is, is this period where you have to invest all this time into trying trying to be as much like Big Sun and Sarish as you can be. If you are Big Sun and Sarish, you are on a good path. If you are a Shomer Yasaf, you're on a good path. We need all this extra time. Roshan at Yom Kippur, you have 10 days, right? Or less, because that includes it, right? You need that time because you have control of, of you, you have control of your Yom Kippur. Purim at the conclusion of Shovim period, you have no control over what goes on. Because if you're in a drunken state, it, the only thing that you get out of a drunken state is one, all the investment that you put into it, focusing on what you want to get out of it. And two, everything around you and the context to it. Are you in a good ambiance? Are you with good people? Are you in a good scenario? Are you, are you around the people that you want? You have to, do you have yain or are you drinking, you know, shmata vodka that is drink, you know, is only being drunk by people who are, you know, not trying to have a real partner, not trying to tap into who they are. Or are you at a nice suda? Are you, you know, are you just putting some cereal? Oh, sorry, that's a bad example. Uh, um, are you just, you know, eating some cold cuts? Yeah. But we need, this is why we need the longer preparation period. This is why Shovim is a <coughs> longer extended period and why this happens to be even longer, thank God. Because if you've been focusing on these things, what do I want? What am I trying to get out of Purim? Where do I want to be next year? What do I want to be in five minutes from now? Am I aware? Am I listening to the Torah reading? Am I spazzing out? All these things. Then you can actually have a Purim. It requires that part of investment and it requires the last part, the conclusion when it comes to which some, you know, on the surface seems easier to get that good, you know, good context around you, but you never know where you are. It could be rough, but you need both parts of it. So this is, this is finally what the Gemara is actually telling us. And really, as we'll see, you know, we'll talk about later, but the core of this idea of Makim Rufu Maka is that if you, it's not a story wise. You're right. In the story, Big Seven Sarish were written in the book and that's what happened, right? I don't know. It seems like a lot of stuff could still happen and change. You've got Esther in power, right? What happens if Mordechai wasn't found to be in the book? Esther was still going, right? Esther was still going to go to the king. A lot of stuff can still seem that, you know, there would be a lot of saving of the Jews still, a lot of options to go to. Rather, if you want to know what the refu to the Maka is, this is the story. You want to know what the refu to the Maka is? It's Big Samasarish. It's the Shomer Asaf. We said that um, Torah is the antidote to Amalek, and we brought all the proofs, right? But this is exactly what I told you before. If Torah is Keneged, the Shomer Asaf, then when you hear the word Torah, you should hear the Shomer Asaf, right? And when you hear Shomer Asaf, you should think Bixam Asarish. And when you think Bixam Asarish, you should think Rufu Makdim Maka. And therefore, again, as we said before, this should be your standard. You hear Torah, you hear Shomer Asaf, they should be interchangeable. So when I tell you Makdim Rufu Makdim is Bixam Asarish, who are the Shomer Asaf? It's, let's say, Bixam Asarish. Torah learners, who are the Rufu to the Maka? And the day, it is exactly what we said before from the beginning. That Torah is the Rufu to the Maka the whole time. It's these Shomer Asas are the best way of showing it because if it's fundamental core of Torah is right, knowing who you are, tapping into Tshuva, Malchus and all these type of things, right? And knowing where you're headed and what orient you, right? What you, how do you want to be oriented? Who do you want to be oriented to? Then this is, Shomer Asaf is the nail in the coffin of what we're actually trying to be on for. And this is what we're trying to get out of drinking. Now, Bear with me, uh, as Avi and I were speaking the other day, that English is a flimsy language. But there's a point I think that I'm trying to make, and I think we all get it. Obviously, verbs, nouns, you can, it may not always sound like what I'm trying to say, but I think you'll get it. 
we're talking about things that you care about, things that you find valuable are what, you know, are going to make up your work for Shovavim and what you should, that's what you should be trying to find out. And that's a good way to find out who you are and what you want to be. Fine. There's two, defin- two definitions of care. There's one noun, there's one verb. This is from the Miriam Weber dictionary. So one noun is for care is serious attention or consideration applied to doing something correctly or to avoid damage or risk. Fine. Um, another one is to pro- the provision of what is necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of someone or something. Fine. Now the verb is feel concern or interest, attach importance to something. Now, again, I'm, I'll repeat that you could play around with this. It may not always sound like this, but I'll give you a structure of a sentence. I take care. I'm a nurse or whatever. I'm a doctor. I take care of patients. I take care of the elderly. Right? Does that mean that I care for that elderly person? Do I care at all about him? Or for a lot of doctors, for a lot of caretakers, I take care of because I get paid to take care of. I get paid or I take care of because... It makes me feel like I'm doing something good on this earth. Do I care about that person in, in himself or in herself or in they self, you know, Z self or whatever, um, uh, X Y self? You know, do they? Do you care about them? Not necessarily, right? You can say yes. Again, in English, you can say yes. So the verb, but in terms of the verb, which was feel concern or interest, attach importance to something. In other words, if I tell you I take care, or I care for Moshe Chaim. Right? I care for Moshe Chaim. Is that because I'm being paid to take care of him? Or is it because I attach value to Moshe Chaim, therefore I care for him? Right? I take care of Moshe Chaim could mean that I'm being paid to take care of Moshe Chaim. You didn't know that your, your dad pays me $100,000 every Wednesday to, just to teach you some Torah. He doesn't. Okay, exactly. But, right, that could be, and that's why I'm teaching you Torah. Or, I care for Moshe Chaim, right? I find him to be a bright individual who is hungry for some good Torah. Therefore, I love talking to him, right? I care for him, right? I attach value to him. Therefore, I care, right? Again, English, play around. But you get the point that there's two different types of care, right? And this is exactly what we should try very simply in simple ways in simple terms to define on Purim. Do we care for something or do I take care of or do I care, again, English, do I take care of Torah because I'm in yeshiva, because my parents want me to, because I'm being paid to, because my friends do it. So I take care of Torah. I take care of my daily obligations, which include Torah, davening, all these things. Or do I care for Torah? Do I attach value and importance to it? Therefore, I care. Is it nothing to do with externals, nothing to do with parents, nothing to do with, you know, money or obligations or friends and all these things? Is it I care for or do I take care of? And being drunk is very helpful to that. Because if you actually put in the time, you're right. if you haven't put in any effort, you're not going to get anything out of being drunk. But if you put in the effort, you have the ability to get rid of externals that you don't have. You're, there's connections that you won't make when sober. Very, very simply. Or things you just won't think of when you have ideas in your mind of what I care about, what I think about, and you're just not going to connect. Or there's a lot of external things that are, are released and are freed from you when you're drunk. <clears throat> and if you've put in the effort, you can actually, it sounds far-fetched if you've never... Had a, you know, if you've never put in the effort, never a good part. But it's a very real option. 
So I'd like to speak a little bit more practical, and because Moshe Chaim two weeks ago asked me, no, asked me about Purim and about a little bit more about the practicality, and we get we spoke about ideas, and I think you know we've been speaking a lot about them, but a little bit more on the practical side, and we'll then we'll get back to the ideas. Don't get don't get lost, but um, I think it's important because I very much enjoyed that week, and this is really going to be completely based off of what we spoke about. So you can leave because you already heard it. Actually, just get out. Um, so I was going to say an example. You're not going. This is a horrible idea, probably for most people most of the time. But I think the example gets across, and a person can, person can understand what type of person this would be, and what type of moments there would be that you are doing this. In other words, the default is that you don't talk. You, right? Instead of the default being that everyone talks all the time, and we just spew, right? We talk garbage, right? And we forget lush and hara, forget all these stuff, because obviously, you know, that happens all the time. That's us. I'm just saying for the, all the all the garbage that we talk. Imagine the default was you don't talk. And you only would say stuff if it was, you know, necessary, important, you know, stuff like that. Try to imagine that. That would be a very, very different life, very different times that you do that. You'll have no friends probably. That's what I'm not advocating. But either you could do it for 10 minutes at a time or just get the idea. I think it's, a, you know, I think people get it. A more sophisticated version of that is only talk when you feel that it's expressing who you are. So, again, forget practical stuff because if you need toilet paper, you need toilet paper. But, you know, only talk about things that you really feel, you only really feel that are talking, are really, do I talk with people? You'll very, you'll quickly find out. Do I talk to people who make me feel like I'm expressing what I want, who I want, what my dreams are, where my goals are? Or do I talk to people who don't relate to that at all? Or do I find that I don't talk about this stuff at all, that I never thought about them? So I can't talk at all. I want to talk, but I don't have any idea what I want or what me is or what expression of myself is. So then I'm a... I become, you know, a mute because I have nothing to talk about. So you just start miming all the time. You'll, you'll quickly find out. Um, but again, we're still talking about self and all these things. And it's extremely difficult to, to define and explain. Uh, I know I've tried with, with the guys and I never think that I, I don't think I ever really got a good, uh, I don't know, definition, but a good way of, of discovering when something is is that you would find it's from yourself or something that you find connected to something you find valuable. I think once when we experience those things or when we're involved in them, we don't have a question or we don't ask the question because we know, we know, fine. But when you're outside of it and when you're not in those moments and when you're trying to understand what is a part of you and what isn't, you know, how do we do that? So I, I think we have a good, a good distinguishing factor um, would be, I would say that self is self across all tenses. In other words, there's your present self, there's your past self, and there's your future self. But you really only relate to yourself as one. You re- all three are combined into one. In other words, uh, example. I definitely have plans for my future, or vague ones, or you know, I don't, not set plans, but I see myself somewhere, right? But I definitely that is all I I that is all included in who I am right now. I everything that I'm working for and everything that I find valuable changes that picture of what that future is at all current moments. If I can look, to, if I can look to five years in the future and be like, oh, that thing that I'm doing is very interesting. That thing I'm doing is not interesting. Thank God I'm not doing what I was doing five years ago anymore. Thank God I'm still doing what I'm doing. That's a fantastic picture of seeing things that are who you are. Example, video games. Do I see Fortnite in my future in five years from now? Or 10 years from now, or 15, or in two years, or one, or in three months from now, three weeks. That's what I heard from Ellie. Uh, in three weeks, right? In other words, if you don't, 
then that's a pretty good distinguishing marker that it's not something that you find to be part of yourself. If you find, if you look at yourself in five years and you can't really see yourself in a base medrash learning or learning at all, then it's a good, fa it's a good distinguishing marker that you are not, that what you consider yourself to be right now is not related to or involved with the, you know, that is not related to you at your core at all. And I'd say the same thing in the past. Either you find that it was instrumental in your development or you find or or you discover something new and you wish that it was or you discover something new and you can look back and and almost discern how my life would be different if I if I had tapped into that earlier. I think this is probably my best way that so far that I have of finding a good marker for of finding something that you would really care about something what you find valuable and I think get too closer to trying to you know, distinguish what is yourself you know what is you so we asked before a little bit more in the practical now we're done <laughs> so we asked before we mentioned before about right we mentioned that right after Torah the lack of Torah allows for this type of question to be asked the lack of Torah allows for Hester and Amalek right allows this question to be asked but it's still a very difficult question to comprehend. Look what you just went through. It's tough to convince me of that, right? So, using that, what we just spoke about, the tenses, I want to tentatively say that is not, is Hashem with us or not, right? Is Hashem with us taking out us in the Mitzrayim? Is He with us in the desert? Rather, is Hashem within us? Because Karov is a proximity marker, Right? But it also means, right, Karov is also the insides of a, a carbon in these things, right? Is he inside of us? Is that how we, are these, is this the way that we view ourselves? That Do we view Hashem as being instrumental to our past? Where was he all this time? You know, in Mitzrayim, right? Where was he? Is he with us right now? What about this horrible water situation? God, give us some water. No? Like, is that, am I, am I on the same, you know, are we on the same, same path here or like why am I not getting water or in the future am I am I do I see myself in this very dependent relationship with him I'm going through the I'm going through the midbar I've got this cloud I'm completely dependent on God for everything I get that the Torah is great but is this is it worth it is it worth an imposition on my entire rishos is it worth it at all maybe it would be better off without it so I want to say I want to say is a internal question not a, not a necessarily external question. The Medrash says that the Jews, they didn't say the word. The word wasn't said. It was a heart question. It uh, wasn't spoken on It wasn't spoken on. It was an internal question. And uh, this is I mean, what it is. Do I see myself in the future with this? Where was my past with this? Do I want this in the future? Is this with me right now? Where is God? Do you have a source for that last one? I, uh, Medrash. I'll get it to you. Hmm? Why did you say that? Well, what are they say? uh, You're saying? Uh, it's an internal I'm saying, well, either way. Any, if though, I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying, if it's, you're saying that's more than just a position of a curbane is inside of us, and you're explaining why I just say those words. That be, why the lesson of a curbane No, no, a uh, can, can mean exactly karov. It means the insides of a carbon. It means karov, it's a, first of all, it's a proximity marker, but it means literally inside. It means gut by a carbon. It literally does. Not, it's not just, you know, a distance or within, you know, the art, my Daladon muscle. It's actually, it means, it means within you. Absolutely. The question is, do I see him in the future? Do I see him 
as part of me now and in the future. As as completely all part of me. Right? I was saying all three are really are how you I think how you see yourself that's, as one. That's same, that's essentially the that question because they did experience in the past. They totally internalized that. They recognized that it's God. They have an experience with Him. Well, first of all, you have to. Uh, this is all in the path of obviously a lack of Torah allows for Amalek and Hester in the first place, right? It's not. It's not questions. Not coming straight out of Torah is the best thing right now, right? It is in the process of that, right? They internalize, but we internalize stuff all the time. Things fall apart. There's an in combination of a lack of Torah. Torah allows for not remembering what you internalized. Essentially, I think it's a great question. Where was Hashem all the time with me? But Ryan, you saved me. What about the other two hundred something years? You're saying that's the question. Yeah, but uh, do, where, yeah, but where, where, you know, is, was he involved with me? Was he affecting my past? Right? Is my past? Is my past? Is my past and Hashem were we together? You know, is what everything I did in Mitzrayim was that like a different version of me? Was that like oh, it was okay to do a Bodhisattva? Let's say, let's say the three things they did, right? Everything else, let's say they didn't. Was that okay for me to, you know, eat the pig? You know, whatever. You get what I'm saying? And, and then, and then, and then the splitting of the sea and all the nisim are just God sticking His hand and then sticking, sticking out. Yeah. But it's not really related to me. Right. And I, obviously, you know, let's go to the next source. I think it's. I think we, you know, spent some good time on that. But after this in Yeshashem Bikerbeinim Ayin, right? We're traveling. This right. This is literally at the end of Parshas B'Shalach, right? A little bit more. End of Parshas B'Shalach, and then starts Parshas Yisro. So this is a, into Parshas Yisro. So Bachodesh Shlishi, Lesei Spenei Yisrael Me'eretz Mitzrayim Be'Yom Azeh Bo Midbar Sinai. Okay. Vayisu Me'Rafidim Vayavo Midbar Sinai Be'Yachanu Ba'Midbar Be'Yachan Shem Yisrael Negedahar. Right. So they traveled from Rafidim. They came to Midbar Sinai and they encamped in the Midbar and they were they encamped there Yisrael by the Har. Right. So Vayisu Me'Rafidim. And they traveled from Rafidim. So Rashi asked the question, So why do we have to go back and talk about where they traveled from before? Because we mentioned they came to Rafidim originally, right? And now Rashi, you know, a few seconds later in Yisro, we're mentioning that they're coming from Rafidim again. So Rashi's asking the question. Right? We already mentioned that they were encamped in Rafidim. And we know that's from where they traveled. Right? Rather to Compare the travel from Rafidim to the coming of Midbar Sinai, that they're comparable, they're identical. Just like the travel to Midbar Sinai wasn't Chuva, so the travel from Rafidim was also Chuva. Right? So after, we know the story, right? The story and the Psukim are uh, back on one of the earlier pages, but we know the story that after, after, you know, we mentioned Amalek came, so Moshe points you know, Yeshua to go out, get an army. Moshe goes up to the mountain and he brings up Hor and Aaron with him. So, just quickly, but obviously this ends in Tshuva, as we just said, right? They're coming to Harsinai and Tshuva. So that process in between and we defeat Amalek with Moshe's arms raised up that we're looking at them, we're in Stockel, right? And let's say, simply to do something to do with the fact that they reoriented probably correctly. Um, we have the Kohen and the Levi up there. I want to mention, Rebuta mentioned it, this today, but I was going to talk about it, that Khor, or what is Khor doing? We, Khor is just like this random guy who gets, finally gets put into the big leagues, goes up to the mountain with Moshe. Like, who is this Khor guy? As, and he brought the Rashi, I didn't get it in here. Um, it's too late, but Rashi back in Batim, that, right, that he comes from the line of Malchus, 
that they got the presence, and he came from he comes from the line of Malchus. Chor is the Malach, is the Malchus, right? So we have the Kohen, the Kohanim, the Leviim, let's say the Rishus people, and we have the Malchus, all right, identical to Chuva, and then all these things, and now we have we're traveling from Rafidim. We mention it. We come to Arsinai in Chuva. Uh, so we come to Rafidim in Chuva. So let's what just. Oh, they're, they're, this is after the episode with Amalek there's a tshuva going on when they're coming to Arsina they're, mm-hmm. in, they're in process of tshuva so sources that we brought before earlier we'll answer them now so we, ta- we brought up the Targum Kohelis that mentioned the Torah learning the lack of Torah learning there, right, that we mentioned and that, ma- that part made sense to us but the rest of the Targum in that Pasuk spoke about Nida and we didn't really understand why it spoke about Nida and also that Vayukar Rabba that ended with Right, because of the laziness of Yisrael from encamping in Machlokas, therefore, Hashem came down. The Makara came down, which is talking about Hashem came down to our Sinai. So all of these things are, if we look back and all the things that we've spoken about, Bixam and Sarish are Shomer Asaf. They know what they want. And as we took in terms of the, we took, we took apart the term, but in other words, take care of versus take care for. Right, I care for something or I find something valuable, therefore I take care of it or I care for it, or I'm taking care of something because somebody, for some external reason. Bixam and Sarish are the greatest example of people who care for something so much, they're willing to die for it, right? We're not willing to put our lives on the line for everything. And this is the same thing by Nida. Nida, by the fact that the, the Nida is the taking out of the physical relationship. In other words, man is very disconnected from the relationship, and he's always trying to, you know, get pleasure out of, you know, physical part of the relationship, but the Nida forces forces a relationship, forces talking, forces conversation. So before before you have a Nida process, if a woman is lazy in Nida, that means you the man takes care for the woman what he's getting out of that. For some external reason. He wants to get out of the woman his physical pleasure. But once there's Nida and there is an actual relationship there, he cares for the woman. Therefore he takes care of her. This is what Nida creates. And a lack of, right, a lack or a laziness in Nida ruins the relationship. There is no care for. There's a care I take care of. Because what I want to get out of it. This is why the Targum, exactly what we spoke about Torah, knowing, you know, which way you're headed, how you're oriented. And Nida are the same Targum. It comes out of the same Pasuk. Now, this Vayikar Rabbah, where is this, where, where do we, where does this Vayikar Rabbah end up? This is literally talking about Hashem coming down from Harsinai, right? Uh, also, I don't have this in the source. Vayichan Sham Negedahar, right? Rashi asked the question over there. Why is it Vayichan in a singular Lashon? It should be Vayichan Nu Yisrael. Right? Why? Ishachad Vilevachad. All the way around. One of the other, somewhere, somewhere, by the time it's all the way around. But, right? The Jews are together. Why? Because we're all oriented on the same thing. This is a, the process of Tshuva came all the way to our Sinai. And we encamped, right? By not engaging in Machlokas, we were encamped as one. If we put the Rashi and this Medrash together. Because we are all coming out of the Amalek episode with a focus on what we what we were desiring, what we wanted. So there is Vayichan. Of course, we're going to be Kishachad Belevachad, because this is how we arrived at this is how we arrived at Har Sinai. Everyone's everyone's equal in Shuvah. Therefore, fine. So therefore, this is how we arrive at Har Sinai, and the result of this is a is a Kabbalah Satora. And it's exact parallel to how we end off by, by you know, the story of Esther. So Jews, Amalek, Tshuva, Kabbalah Satara. By Esther, the same thing too, right? Amalek, Tshuva, 
Kabbalah Satara, as we say, Kim of a Kiblu, how Yehudim Aleim, Valdarim, Valkola, Nilvim, Aleim, Feloyavor, Leos, Osim, Shneha, Yamim, Elek, Xavan, Kizman, Bechoshan, Vishana, and the Gemara Shabbos, sorry, but the Jews accepted all these things on themselves and on their future generations. Gemara Shabbos says, Vishyatu, Vitakta Sahar, and they were standing underneath the mountain. Amar Rabbi Avdimi Barchama, Barchasa, Milam, Shakipa, Kash Barku, Aleim, Sahar, Kigius, Hashem put the mountain over their heads like a Harkigius, like a forced. Mount. <laughs> uh, if you accept the Torah good, this is, or there, why it says there, fine. There will be your burial place. So this is a pretty good excuse for getting out of the Torah because we know things done under duress don't constitute an actual action, right? In other words, is constituted on the fact that I have free will to do it. If I don't have free will to do something, it's not my Rishus. Right, this is a good way to get out of the Torah. Hashem forced us. So Amarava, Amarava, Avapi, Kain Hador Kiblu Biyamei Aches Ferosh. The Ksef Kimu VeKiblu Ayudim Kimu Mashi Kiblu Far. So you have a, you're right. It was a good point. So everyone else could have gone out of it. They didn't think of this one, but from now on, after the story of Esther, where there was a Kimu VeKiblu again, right, you're no longer getting out of it. So, in other words, if you are as good as Bixav and Serish, if you are as Shomer Asaf as them. If you are as focused on what you are willing to risk everything for, whether it's sleep, whether it's a vision, a vision for the malchus that you want, a vision for what your life should be, if you're willing to put your life on the line for that, if you're willing to die for something like that, then you will, then we will both, and we will always culminate in a kimu v'kiblu. Whether it's a personal kimu v'kiblu, as we know that we saw before, that a malik is also a personal attack, a personal hester is on each person. Right, as besides a nation imposed, and when we'll have a nationwide kimu v'kiblu, but we'll also have a personal. If you are as oriented, if you understand what you want and how directly your actions are focused and your thoughts are focused, as Bixen and Sarish, you will have a personal kimu v'kiblu on Purim, and that is the point of why we need so much preparation for Shovim to end on Purim, and we can hopefully achieve that. How long will it? What? Are you serious? I'm sorry.